0: Money. What your bank doesn't tell you. A podcast by
1: you Mushroom. Welcome to our podcast series What Your Bank Doesn't Tell You. We're having a very special guest today. It's one of our partners from Invesco. And I have the pleasure to present Nima.
0: Hello, Luva. Thanks for an invitation.
1: Um Nima has an amazing background. He actually knows the value chain of producing ETFs really starting from the core, I think Mm -hmm. I can say that.
0: Yeah, more or less, yeah. (laughs) You can.
1: So you're currently heading the ETF Mm -hmm. uh, business for Switzerland for Invesco. Correct. And we're proud to say that uh, thanks to you Mm -hmm. and your efforts and the the efforts of the team, you actually managed Mm -hmm. to really be one of the key players Mm -hmm. on the Swiss market. That's correct.
0: Um, do you want me to, to to briefly speak about the background how how I entered the ETF space? I'd or, love to. I yeah? think it's
1: always better to hear it from, from the person itself. So please go ahead. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean uh, European ETFs exist since 2000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we are now two decades into the ETF market. If you think in the US it started in the nineties, beginning of nineties, mm-hmm. so a decade before Europe. In the US we had index funds obviously in the seventies. I started my career, it was around 2.6 to 2.8 in Frankfurt for Deutsche Bank, where my task was, I was a junior looking for ETFs, the niche. yeah, No one wanted to look at those, so they said, hey, why don't you cover the ETFs? Back then it was around 50 billion in total, in the, the really? total size of, of the European ETF landscape. So you cover all the ETF providers, you had in total 50 billion. So it was non-existent. And yeah, so being being a multi-asset PM in in, in uh, for DWS back then, selecting ETFs, I entered uh, the ETF space, yeah, uh, over a decade ago, and then came to Switzerland uh, ten years ago for for DBX trackers and joined Invesco ETFs um, seven years ago. So that's that's a bit my entrance into the passive ETF space.
1: That's a very impressive background, uh, Nima, and it's great to get to know someone who actually started from the beginning. Yeah. I remember that time back then in 2007, and seven, eight. I was with Credit Suisse. Yep. And I remember that we only just started looking at ETFs, but mm. no one was talking about the yeah. product, which currently actually is the main product if you want to invest into the broader markets. Yeah,
0: definitely. I mean, if, if you look, it was in, the two, in 2000, the first two Euro stocks ETFs were launched. Then when I was looking at ETFs, it was really a small limited number of ETFs. And then we had also the, the replication physical and then later on they, there were some, some synthetic ones. But it was really limited number. And if you look now, there are more indices out there than stocks. Which is crazy, That's right? That's actually very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah, yeah. know that, really. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, it is, it is. So
1: they're roughly, I, if I'm not mistaken, forty-five to 50,000 stocks yes. globally. And yeah. you'd say, oh, well, impressive. Well, so
0: there, there are more indices out there nowadays. <laughs> so, wow, well, so interesting yeah. to know. Yeah.
1: And maybe to put a rough, mm-hmm. um, prox- um, just a rough, how shall we say, relation to what yeah. we were just discussing. Sure. You said when you started, the market mm-hmm. was 15 billion. Yeah. And currently... It's it's
0: one thousand five hundred billion. It's crazy, which is crazy, yeah. And if you look uh, within the next five years, there's studies from PwC, for instance, mm-hmm. who say we will grow the European ETF market will grow to two thousand five hundred billion in size. And where is it coming from? It's retail. It's it's, uh, it's everyone. It's like you it's and, like I, you right, and yeah. I. Everyone who who is going to to invest into ETFs, self directed. Yes. Yeah. So that's 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 the beauty of ETFs and.
1: And I think the interesting thing is yeah. also it's a very low cost product by yep. nature, how it is structured, because um, it's very, for those of you out there who wonder what is an ETF, we mm. keep saying always, uh, also for the educational purposes, uh, an ETF, you know, with an ETF, actually, you can invest in the broad market. <laughs> and me as a retail, if I have to buy, for example, uh, the SMI market, mm. I would need to buy 20 stocks and Great. I would need to take quite I mean, 10,000, yep. basically, yep. Swiss Francs and more, depending on where the index is. And with an ETF, I actually, uh, uh, which is tracking the SMI index, for example, I'd be easily starting with, I don't know, depending on the price, with 70, 80, 100. uh, It's a fraction of it. And that's actually, by the way, also a very elegant way to start investing in small pieces, obviously, for those of you who want to learn. So, we're going currently in a market downturn, yep. and no one predicted that actually the stock market, particularly the. US stock market would right. act, yeah. would go 20 mm. percent plus mm. or mm. um, currently a bit less year to date mm. and we hear from a lot of people out there now and one of the questions which mm-hmm. more of, most often reaches is, shall I continue investing or shall I start investing now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Happy to hear your opinion. I mean,
0: you know, there are a lot of academia papers on that. It's called behavioral finance. yeah. And so in the end of the day, you really need uh, to, 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 to not react emotionally. That's the most important thing. And if you look at investor, value investors like Warren Buffett, for instance, what he did was really steady investments over a long time period. And no matter if there's a downturn or not, it's it's actually a good pom- moment to invest into the market because you buy stocks cheaper right so don't don't really um um get get confused if you see see a downturn negative signs red signs on on the stock market just just keep on investing not your entire amount at once obviously but s- step by step month by month and uh, with a limited number and then it's the best timing and if you look i mean over over the period the stock market performs around 8% per annum yeah But you shouldn't really start timing the market. Just be invested in the market and um, over long term, and most of us have a couple of years still to to go, you you should stay invested and keep on investing into equities.
1: I couldn't agree more because it's actually, you know, this saying which says, um, um, the famous sentence from uh, from investing um, saying, Actually, the time in the market beats market timing. And yeah. there is no such thing as absolutely perfect market timing. You can't time the market, as you say. It, it's, uh, it makes sense to be invested. And one of the biggest mistakes, which young investors yeah. particularly do, is to say, now it's starting to drop, maybe to drop, let me wait a little bit. And then yeah. it goes up again very yeah. often. And mm. people are like, oh, my God, I missed it.
0: I mean, there were, you know, Costolani, he said, uh, take a sleeping pill, Uh, and then wake up and then look at your portfolio. (laughs) So it's literally that. Yeah,
1: It's absolutely true. Um, I would love to hear, you recently launched an interesting product, Mm -hmm. Foodseal World. And for those of you who don't know a lot about Ivesco, Mm -hmm. that's actually the first, the fourth biggest ETF provider worldwide. Mm -hmm. You guys are truly global, right? Yes, yes. And across asset classes as well, equities, fixed income, commodities, etc. And I would love to hear a little bit more about FTSE All World.
0: Yeah, so so maybe briefly let me introduce you Invesco and then also what FTSE All World is about. So Invesco does active and passive. So we have 1,500 billion in assets, uh, 500 billion in ETS. We do physical and synthetic. Later on, I, I might have the chance to speak about that as well. And FTSE, All world is a quite interesting uh, index, I would say, because with one ETF or one index, you can be invested into the global equity market, which means you're invested into more than 4,000 stocks, approximately 50 countries from the developed space and emerging market space, which means with one vehicle, you get the investment into the full spectrum of global equities. And um, the the you, you can start up to five francs actually to invest because oh, that's, that's great. Yeah, yeah
1: so you can basically participate in market development in the already entire frank- market it's so nice there there you. is
0: no need to go to single countries or whatsoever you could do that but here it's an easy um, vehicle for 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 investors to to choose the FTSE all world
1: and to my understanding also from what I've seen is yeah. also cost efficient right yeah
0: it costs fifteen basis points which means zero point one five percent. So it's, it's the cheapest way to invest into global um, equities, including emerging markets, and is physically replicated. So we really buy physically those stocks. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so it's it's done by our portfolio management team in London.
1: And that's amazing. Yeah. And very interesting. Uh, so there's, for those of you out there who are actually relatively new to the ETF space, they're different index providers, mm-hmm. right? FTSE is one of the, I think, predominantly UK-based index providers, yeah, but yeah. they obviously provide global indices. Yeah. There are indices like MSCI, S&P, mm-hmm. um, well, basically index providers, etc. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Just to have also um, put a little bit of explanation around yes, the names. Sure,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Um, what would be also interesting to think of is, and that's another question which mm-hmm. reaches us a lot, particularly from our younger generation yeah. investors, We are very often asked, how shall I start investing, what is the best uh, split for my money between the various categories, equities, bonds, shall I buy gold, shall I sit on cash and all those type of questions. We would translate that question as what should be my asset allocation. But yeah,
0: I mean, if I would know that, <laughs> <then> <laughs> most probably I wouldn't sit here. No, I'm joking. Joke aside, I mean, the longer your time horizon is, so I mean, let's say you start with 20, so you have another 40, 50, 60 years, be invested into to, to equities. So I would really uh, go into, well, let's say, 100% equities um, if, if you're young. The older you get, the more you can tweak the allocation towards also fixed income. Yeah, that you then say 60% equities, 40% fixed income. Because that that dampens a bit the volatility, the risk of your portfolio by having um, fixed income in, in in the portfolio. Now what is important is as well what are your plans in in, in your life right? So if you want to to, to study and need, need uh, certain amounts for you know your university degree, tuitions or if you want to buy a car or eventually you want to buy your property, based on that you can also invest and and look at the payouts, etc. So it has many factors. there is not one right answer but what I can say is really start young with equities. And then shift time over time into to fixed income as well the other thing around commodities the problem with commodities is um it's a bit maybe complex but there are role effects yeah so yes. you have role costs so if you take commodities for a long period of time it can get quite costly because you don't want obviously the the oil the brands crude uh, delivered so you buy futures so I wouldn't recommend, to be honest, to to invest in commodities. So people right. agree, yeah. yes. So it's really for short term investors, for experienced investors. Gold is um, different, but you can invest physically into gold in market scenarios where you have political risks, where you have uh, instability in the system gold gold makes sense but i wouldn't allocate too much into it because it has no dividend it has
1: yes, no it eats up the money actually coupon for, yeah. exactly
0: so it's it's a storage of value but it doesn't really provide you any income which which um, equities for sure do and fixed income as well Uh, The other aspect that you mentioned is around cash. Should I keep cash? Okay, we look now at at, uh, interest rates, which are increasing. So we have uh, bank yields of around 1.75% for certain banks, which is pretty attractive. But always look into uh, the inflation rate as well. Yes, what is the real value of your money then? And that's 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 important. So take the inflation rate, um, take the interest rate you get, and that's really what the value of your money is. And m- most of the time, actually, your money, if it's in cash, has less value. That's true. So I would really recommend a good portion should should be invested on a regular basis, and um, you can have a bit in cash, but I won't do too much, to be honest.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Yes, we see it exactly the same way, mm. particularly the cash aspect is very important because yeah. there was recently a very interesting study The very, very few banks in Europe mm-hmm. uh, pass actually to their um, clients the interest rate increase. Yeah. Typically, as you say, a certain percentage is probably up to 50-60% from their yeah. currently, current mm. interest mm. level and mm. with inflation which we have. You end up earning, having a negative yield on cash, which yep. very few people are aware it's not, of. Not,
0: it's not ideal. <laughs> it's not
1: ideal, and um, maybe
0: one word actually to cash: uh, the safety investing into financial product, into mutual funds or ETFs, is higher than if you invest into a cash into cash with a bank if the bank defaults. That's true. Because you have only the guarantee of one hundred thousand uh, francs which is an aspect to look at as well
1: right from credit risk perspective, yeah. you're absolutely right if you are that's something which is very important for the people who listen yeah. out there to know uh, of course um, an ETF has a market equity market risk, and um, which we measure with the volatility. Mm. But any kind of deposit above certain level has actually credit risk, yeah. and we don't. I remember when Lehman defaulted; right. was the first time when people started talking about credit yeah. risk. Yeah. Before that, people were not aware, and now with Credit Suisse yeah. being acquired by UBS, yeah. this topic came. Again on the table. Yep, and yep. it's very important to be aware of the type of risks which an investment bears and a cash bears inflation risk mm-hmm. and obviously also credit risk. Correct. Above a certain amount Correct. of... Correct, um, yeah. And the opposite, obviously, from uh, the, the different type of risk which ETFs bear are either the interest rate, the duration mm-hmm. risk, Correct. if you're a fixed income yep. investor or if you're an equity investor, you have the market risk, the, the equity market risks. But... You raised a very important point. If you have a very long horizon, it's definitely mm-hmm. worth putting a serious amount of the money which you would like to invest in the markets in equities. Because long term, mm-hmm. over the past years, any type of study would show that markets are growing on average between yep. 6 and 8%, depending of which part of the developed markets we're Correct. talking and Emerging markets yep. partially, yep. depending on the market even more. That's true. And this is something which is um, important to consider when mm-hmm. taking allocation mm-hmm. decisions. So, um, having discussed that, um, we often also have another question from our our users uh, on your mushroom and also from our listeners, and that is, uh, well, but then shall I buy single stocks? Or now everyone read about video that went through the roof basically this year. Mm. Or artificial intelligence is a very hot topic and everyone's like, hey, but what's the key player who's going to make the run long term? Mm. What's your view? Would you also, in addition, buy uh, single stocks?
0: You know, I, I used to buy single stocks, which was 1999, I got burnt in the new, uh, into the dot-com bubble. The problem with single stocks is, if you look, every decade you have a new trend. I mean, if you think, in, in, in the 2000s we had companies, which which most of you wouldn't know anymore, <laughs> AOL maybe yes. was a big thing, right?
1: People don't, don't remember that. Um,
0: most probably <laughs> you don't remember. Yahoo was a big thing. Of course, we know it, but back then it was one of the big uh, IT companies, they said.
1: I, yes, it was one of the tech giants. Yeah, or yeah. The big
0: tech yeah, yeah. and then I think one of the top 10 companies was Walmart eventually yes. later on. Yes, yeah, so the, there were so many top 10 names globally. And then in the eighties, it was a lot of Japanese companies because they were tech-wise really on on top notch. So it's 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 changing. Every decade is changing. So the top ten names change reg- on a regular basis. So selecting on an individual basis, a security is really not easy. Not 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 something um, straightforward. So w- what I say is just go w- with index. Just if you want, if you you're positive on on technology, go into Nasdaq one hundred. Right, because then you have the largest 100 tech names, and you're exposed to 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 Meta, to Apple, etc. Um, if you think, okay, I don't want to have the concentration risk, then you can buy a Nasdaq 100 equal weight, for instance. Yeah, then you have an equal weighting. But the single securities, it's it's not not really um, not for the long term, I would say to be perfectly honest.
1: That's very interesting. Thank you for this insight. That's that's a great insight. And uh, yes, I mean, uh, I see what are the arguments for that. And uh, thanks for sharing. But you mentioned U.S. market. Let's stay with the U.S. market. What's the best way to invest in the U.S. market? Because it's the biggest equity market at the moment. Yeah, I mean... uh, they have also regulatory aspects right with the dividends and and that's something which very few people out there know
0: yeah i mean first of all if you look at the us market it's really really tough to beat yeah i mean over 10 years there's not one single active manager manager that can beat the, the 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 us equity market oh, wow. yeah that's it's so very liquid you, you market have, right yeah because it's so efficient yeah it's you super have, efficient. You have a very efficient market it's a super liquid market and um There is a way how you can um, generate an interesting, attractive return via ETFs, which is, um, there was a regulatory change in 2017 in Mm -hmm. the US. It's called Higher Act 871M. So it's uh, quite, quite nerdy details now I'm (laughs) disclosing here. So basically this this requirement set... um, a handful of indices such as S&P 500, which is the largest index, same like MSA USA. So you have the 500 largest companies and a bit more for the MSA USA where you invest it. On these two indices, there is a future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what they said is the regulator, the US regulator said there is no taxation on the MSA USA or S&P 500 if the replication method is synthetic,
1: yeah, so you don't have the withholding taxes of exactly. impact of almost thirty percent, right? So the on US the withholding
0: tax rate is thirty percent on let's let's yeah. say two percent dividend yield. Yeah. So to to do the math, because usually most investors select the ETF which is the cheapest, they say okay, six base points, seven base points. So yeah. we speak about one, two basis points difference. Yeah. But here we speak about two percent div yield you take the 30% withholding tax rate, you multiply the two, so you end up with 60 basis points. Yes. Additional taxation, if you invest into a US domiciled ETF, for instance, on S&P 500, or if you select a physical S&P 500 ETF, um, where, where you are taxed between 15 to 30%, or you go the synthetic route and you save the, the, the US withholding tax completely which is a massive benefit. So we saw in, in I mean, I mentioned before in 2017 that was implemented this rule in the US. In 2018, we, we changed our ETFs to replicate exactly this index, which is the cross index, so without uh, US withholding tax rate. Um, our ETF, our MSA USA ETF was back then 70 million. So seven zero, which is in our world very small. That's <laughs> true. Now, now it's 4 billion. Oh, wow. Similar similar route, our S&P 500 was around 1.5-2 billion. Now it's at 18 billion. So the largest synthetic ETF in the market. And it was really just around the... Taxation benefit that that the U.S. regulator allows. But you know, fifty then.
1: basis points over five over ten years, those are 5%. 5%. five percent performance. You have yes, or not? You lot. have and, yeah. and it's yeah. it's quite yeah. a lot. Yeah, and it's basically more or less an on average one-year performance of the index, right? So you give exactly. up um, yeah. for. No, that's very interesting, and it's good to know. And thank you for sharing this insight. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, what. Um, what we very often also see as a topic, and that's an evergreen mm. since years, is sustainability. Yeah. And we know that Invesco actually is um, at home with yeah. this topic.
0: Yeah, that's so, true.
1: Happy to hear.
0: I mean, uh, ESG investment, sustainable investment is, is very important. Yeah, there are a few aspects. One, of course, it, it makes sense to, if you invest, to invest green, right? um but there are two lines towards that one is um investors who want to be green but not to have huge tracking errors towards the traditional benchmarks so for that uh, you, you do have let's say light green strategies mm-hmm. that's that's what we offer as well but more often uh, what what we hear from investors is okay i, I know i want to be sustainably invested at the same time, I want to have CO2 reductions and, and according to the Paris climate criteria of one and a half degrees. So what we launched on, on various regions from the US, Europe, uh, et cetera, Asia, etc. was Paris-aligned strategies who do the filtering around, around those companies who, who commit to, to re- a reduction of one and a half um, degrees. Plus, strong ESG and sustainable criteria. So, really dark green, and um, that's actually uh, we see a lot of attraction on, on that side, specifically from from the younger generation. Yes,
1: it's very interesting. It's as you say, the younger generation is incredibly sensitive to the topic, and uh,
0: yeah, yeah, and and that's 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 important because if if we want to make an impact, and if we want to. To stop the global warming, uh, everything. I mean, we sit now here um, in, in this month, and it's very warm. It's above <laughs>
1: 20 degrees, middle yes. October soon. Yes, that's yeah, exactly. unusual. <laughs> that's true.
0: And um, yeah, so we we need to start. And how can we start earlier? It's really if if we already make this impact in our portfolios, in our in our investment decisions. And as an investor like Invesco with 1,500 million assets. We go into engagement with the company management, we tell them how to do things differently. With gold miners, for instance, we uh, there, there are ways how you can mine gold. Which one one way is more expensive and is sustainable, but it's the other, which is uh, cheaper but unsustainable for the nature, and we really push them to go the sustainable route.
1: This is super interesting yeah. because one of the biggest problems. I'm very happy to hear that one of the biggest mm-hmm. problems, which we normally also hear yeah. in conjunction with ESG, yeah. is the so-called uh, the, the issue with the data, with the quality yeah. of data, yeah. and if you're monitoring mm-hmm. them so close mm-hmm. to an extent where you really go in and get engaged with the companies. Yeah. So you're proactively actually taking yeah. tackling this issue, yeah, which is do. amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. very interesting yeah. to hear.
0: So it's not just the votes we give, it's really we go into the engagement with, with the management.
1: And you would obviously also screen technologies and, and yeah, the way yeah. how yes, they operate. Of course, and of course. So you yeah, did yeah, your diligence a lot. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. very interesting to yeah, hear. Yeah. And uh, a lot of users out there and listeners would be of our <laughs> community would be happy to to get more insight on that as well. Mm-hmm. And um, speaking of that is also um, when it comes to ESG and when it comes to really... Um, Addressing you mentioned before, Mm -hmm. little tracking error to the to to the regular investments. What we believe, and that's something which we've been observing, I believe over time there Mm would be kind of a narrowing of this this tracking error. Probably would disappear towards to the standard, towards the standard kind of uh, investments because more and more institutional players are going into ESG. The young gener, the next generation are completely into this topic. so, but, but but happy to hear also your opinion on that. No, Olympics. I mean that's
0: that's clearly what you say. I mean it's not only millennials and younger generation. I mean we see it with with big institutional companies who change their their benchmarking. They go away from traditional benchmarks to 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 sustainable benchmarks, and that's exactly a step towards this direction. And uh, tracking error, yes. I mean if if you start excluding out of traditional benchmarks also certain um, sectors and companies, of course. You're absolutely right. Tracking error then diminishes over time.
1: And it's interesting to see how actually people start getting aware Mm. that money has a voice and they start uh, proactively putting their money where they're Core beliefs are, and Correct, yeah. what they would like to change in this world: be it climate change, yeah. be it education, be it a more fair world with terms of uh, mm. equal chances for anyone, etc. It's it's really good to to observe those it's two things. It's th- the voice and the leg, exactly. because they can walk away. You're right. Yeah? You're right. You're right. Yeah. You can vote with your money, but you can Correct. also vote with your feet. Yes, that's very Correct. good. Yes, yeah. very, yeah. very very good stated. <laughs> and. Um, I think on that note, mm-hmm. is there anything you would love to uh, tell to our audience out there, which is dear to your heart, which it might be an experience for, from your career, or or kind of an advice, or kind of a um idea of what you what one can do better with their money and
0: uh, in terms of investing whatever you yes, would like to share so career I mean, choice investing <laughs> career choice in it. Let's let's stick with investing. <laughs> Maybe I'm better on that. So I, I would really say um stay invested. What is important there is actually one statistics which which says 93% of the performance is the strategic asset allocation. So just be top down invested And the rest and market timing, that really can destroy actually your performance if you go in the wrong time, you go out the wrong time. So stay invested, um, get educated. I mean, that's an important thing as well. I mean, if you go and buy, let's say the newest iPhone 15, you know exactly the processor, the, the camera, et cetera. You spend, I don't know, it's 1,000 or I don't know. 1,200, yeah. 500,
1: well, it's quite expensive mm-hmm. actually. It's, it's
0: If you invest, you invest usually uh, you, over a year, maybe bigger uh, amounts of money, but many people don't really go into the details and look into it and and educate themselves. So I think education is very a key driver for for being successful, no matter in in your career or your investment portfolio or getting the right phone. <laughs> so get 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 an education and uh, look look into details and um, if you have any questions, just just ask the experts. Yeah, I'm not sure if you guys have a chat or hotline. We do, we do, we do. Yes, you so. can always... <laughs> amazing. Thank, you
1: for, <laughs> thank you for that. You can always write at mushroom.com and we're super happy to support and help. And what you were writing, um, also one last remark on my side, which just came into my mind and we keep stressing that as you say, it's mm-hmm. get educated but yeah. also get aware your, your where your money goes because a lot of people say I don't have enough money to invest. Mm. And in current technology you can people can start with very little and it's great yeah. to buy an expensive gadget, it's great to by a gadget which is dear to our hearts, but a lot of those things um Now, an iPhone is something which people write. uh, We're so used to that. But a part of this field, there are a lot of things which I'm sure every one Mm. of us has perks which we buy out of habit and maybe Mm. don't need Mm. or not to that extent. We keep laughing with our coffee consumers in the team that uh, they may save a coffee per week or two coffees per week and then they have their money to buy an ETF (laughs) over a month. So uh, be mindful about how you spend your money and spend time with this idea.
0: Good, good point. There are really good books on that as well, actually. You're right. Yeah, yeah.
1: one do you recommend?
0: I'm just thinking there. There was one. I forgot. I, w- I will send you the name. Happy to Maybe you, you can share it. We but should there, share. There's it. some some interesting books on that. And that gives me. It's an more, idea. actually more around experiences. So yes. If you spend something, spend it on experiences and less on on, I don't know, gadgets and 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 I don't know, brand clothes or something like that. Yes. So that's because that's that's what sticks in your mind, and I think that's that,
1: that is probably you know what now that you're saying. Do you remember this book, book? Five <laughs> things people regret when they before they die, die. I think it goes into that direction. Yeah, yeah. Not having enough experiences, but having worked for basically building. I don't know, running, chasing some kind of a status symbols, etc. I mm-hmm. think I think I've heard that one from that book as well.
0: Yeah, I could. But the, the <laughs> one I'm referring to, where I've forgot the name, unfortunately, um, it's, it's a different one, but I, I I share it with you later on. We have to. And you und- can share with the audience then.
1: Great. Yeah. Great. Cool. Well, thanks a lot for yeah, thanks. sharing all these super interesting ideas with us. Mm-hmm. It was a pleasure to have you. Yeah. And for those who have questions, either to us or to Anima, please write to hello at your mushroom.com. We're super happy to answer and we're quick in answering. And we are really eager and looking forward to seeing you and hearing you again here.
0: Thank yep. you. Thanks. Take care. Cheers. Bye bye. Cheers. Bye. Money. What your bank doesn't tell you. A podcast by You Mushroom.